0: Good day to everyone around the planet, tuning in to the top podcast in all the land. The Daily Life Coach, hosted by none other than myself, Victor Young. And I have an amazing guest on the show today. You're going to want to share this with everyone who has a pulse. Today, I have the world-renowned champion builder and sports psychiatrist, Dr. Nick Dewan. Dr. Dewan is a sports and performance psychiatrist and physician leader with an internationally renowned track record as an innovator in healthcare quality, technology, sports, and neuropsychiatry. Dr. Dewan played collegiate tennis and coached NCAA Division I men's and women's tennis. He has been a mental skills coach for golfers and tennis players at Saddlebrook Resort for 10 years and has developed an online mental skills coaching platform at Dr. Nick. Dewan.com. Dr. Dewan works with professional and amateur athletes and provides consultation to international and national sports agencies and organizations. He designed the first brain imaging study of YIPS in golfers in the world. He emphasizes mental approaches that enhance sports performance and maintain life balance. He is a credentialed concussion expert. Dr. Dewan provides expert opinion to local and national media on sports performance. He is a graduate of the Medical College of Ohio and completed his residency in psychiatry at LAC-USC Medical Center and UCSD School of Medicine. He is a diplomat of the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology and the American Board of Addiction Medicine. Dr. Dewan is now part of the BayCare Medical Group and Medical Director of Behavioral Health. Hmm, that's that's impressive. And just in case you'd like to know how I landed such a big fish on the Daily Life Coach, that's just how I roll, people. You need to figure this out. And before we get started, this week's episode is brought to you by Morgan Auto Group. When you make it Morgan, we make it happen. Find a Morgan Auto Group dealer near you at morganautogroup.com. Well, this is it. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Dr. Nick Dewan. I know you're saying, Victor, talk faster. Speed this up. We want to hear what he has to say. I just want to savor this moment for one second before we bring him on. Okay, enough with the savoring. Dr. Dewan, thank you for joining us today. This is a, a, a pleasure. Uh, it's been, we've been anticipating this moment to hear what you have to say today, and thank you for joining us this morning.
1: My pleasure.
0: I, we've known each other for a while, and and, and uh, a lot of people in the past have asked me exactly what you do, you know, and, and as what is a performance and sports psychiatrist? And I've been able to give my Victor Young version of what you do. However, why don't you bring us up to speed and just give us a an overview of what exactly do you do as a performance and sports psychiatrist? All
1: right, so um, the kind of psychiatry I practice is it's it is also termed as what's called positive psychiatry. So I not only work with people who are, say have problems in their life or have distress or emotional difficulties, but also people that want to uh, maximize their potential uh, in sports or in life. And it's people that say, I want to get that little extra bump, I want to get that little extra difference, I want to be a difference maker, and I think I have the potential, but I just need to sort of polish it. So uh, traditionally, uh, physicians like me that practice psychiatry work with people who are suffering and in distress, but I work with both uh, those who are distressed about something in their life but those who are also may not be in any distress, but want to maximize their potential. So that's, that's what I practice.
0: That's fantastic. Um, I feel like this is more than just a, a profession or a career. Uh, when did you realize you wanted to pursue you know, this unique profession? What, what, what drove you to take your life in this direction to help others to this extreme?
1: Um, well, if you mean the sports psychiatry or, or,
0: um, the sports psychiatry and, and, uh, you know, oftentimes we like to help people to maintain, but to help someone become excellent and become the best they can possibly be. That's uh that's a completely different role in my position. I, um, I'll give an example. I think people like to see normal people or people like them around them but to to be this person who just makes another person excel to the extreme levels, I just think takes a different type of personality and, and desire and you know a, a special person to want to do that.
1: So let me start with my childhood how that's where most things chart start. Um, I think since a young age, I've always loved teaching okay always loved helping people learn. Number two, I've always been into sports. I played multiple sports as a kid, uh, accomplished uh, athlete in high school and in college. And then I started coaching uh, in, at the collegiate level. So there was always a joy and a passion for helping people be better at what they do. So the teaching aspects was a real strong part of my sort of history, the coaching aspects. The psychiatry aspects is the fascination and the the thrill of learning how the mind and body works. Uh, and being an athlete, being a former coach, those interests combine with my interest of being sort of a somebody who's fascinated by how things work, how things get better, and combining all that, it it's just seemed like a perfect fit. And uh, when I started, uh, when athletes started coming to me, uh, this was, what, 27 years ago, I think, they, some of them knew that I was a former collegiate athlete. Some of them knew that I had been a coach. And so they weren't intimidated uh, with coming to somebody like me. A lot of times you come to somebody with my specialty, there's a, a little bit of reservation. There's a little bit of distance that you would feel. But I think because of my history, most people think that I can relate to them. And because I enjoy the what I would call coaching aspects from and the teaching aspects, incorporating that with my knowledge, it, it was just a perfect fit for me. I didn't you know, I had no intention. Uh, when I went into psychiatry to be a sports psychiatrist, but people just started coming. And it, it started to be a very enjoyable part of what I do. It's been, what, over two and a half decades. And it's for me, when I help a high school athlete get a college scholarship or when I help a collegiate athlete make it in the pros or when I help a professional athlete take the next step, that that's a real joy to help uh those individuals who are working night and day who have dreams and aspirations who are willing to make the effort and you give them that little that little insight that little edge and they you know they accomplish their dreams and that you know there's great satisfaction in that
0: you know while I was reading your bio earlier I noticed the term mental skills and could you describe mental skills and how does a, how does an everyday person use mental skills compared to an elite athlete that you have make work with in the past? So
1: when I think of mental skills, and mental skills in sports is your traditional sort of, can you focus, are you aware, do you set goals, do you practice what you do, uh, do you understand yourself? Do you understand others? Do you understand the game? The difference between sort of the everyday person versus some somebody who's sort of the elite, they are so driven to, you know, I'm going to work on my breathing techniques. I'm going to work on my visualization. I'm going to work on my focus. I'm going to watch film for two hours so I can understand who I am and who the other person is. I'm gonna be a student forever. I'm gonna put in the effort. I'm gonna always be a learner. I'm gonna deal with mistakes and jump back from them. It's a commitment to practice and practice and practice mental skills. Because the, the prize at the end of the day is excellence, is reaching for the best. And those individuals who are reaching for the best spend time doing these things and when i say driven i mean fire in the gut fire in the heart unrelenting drive and passion and that's the difference and if you have what i would call that persistence to practice over and over again and i don't think this this is, this happens whether you're an elite athlete or say a Whatever profession you're in, uh, physician, executive, it doesn't matter. You got to find that, that thing that makes you have fire in your gut, and you know you're going to put in the effort. And whether you're an elite athlete or an executive in healthcare, you got to have that same passion.
0: That's great. Can, can you share a little bit more about a term you just used? You said uh, you talked about visualizing. How would you describe visualizing for any one of those professionals?
1: Now, visualization is, uh, it's sort of like virtual reality. And I know in these days they they have virtual reality goggles and uh, it's being there performing, imagining that you are there in the midst of the arena, And you are actually doing the task. For instance, uh, there's what's called uh, first-person visualization, which means you're actually – let's say you're a quarterback. You actually imagine yourself on the field getting the hike, going back, looking for a receiver that's open, and then releasing the ball. You actually feel it. You experience it. You see the receiver catch it. That's first person. The other way is you imagine watching yourself. You actually see yourself doing it. That's second person. And some athletes will practice both. You know, golfers. You've heard stories about golfers. They will go through their 18 holes that they have to do the next day. They'll know exactly what iron they'll use or what, what type of a shot they'll make, they'll imagine the wind, they'll know where the hole placement is, and they will go through every single hole. Pitchers do the same thing. They see, what batters am I going to face? What am I going to pitch? They actually feel it, see it, experience it. So elite athletes, some, and some elite athletes have done this for hundreds of years. Others are taught how to do it. But if you interview most elite athletes, they imagine performing the sport in their heads with their eyes closed, either in the first person where they experience themselves doing it or in the second person where they see themselves as if they're in a movie and uh, that's that's one thing and this happens you know if you're trying to give a speech you imagine yourself giving the speech if you're in a room working with your colleagues you imagine how you're going to uh say if you're in marketing or sales you imagine how the pitch is going to go basically and how you're going to respond so it's rehearsal at the bottom line it's rehearsal
0: that's that's great information and i think uh so many of us don't spend enough time visualizing our goals or the expected outcome of what we're looking to do. We just kind of step up there blindly and hope for the best. And, you know, I think that adds an element of fear that takes away from your edge. So good stuff. I love it. So I've got another question for you. Sure. When does an athlete determine they need your services and they can benefit from you?
1: In athletes, sometimes there there are two reasons why an athlete will come to me, and there are multiple people involved in that athlete's life that may refer that athlete. So let me take you through some uh, different scenarios. Um, if an athlete, let's say the trainer on a team, the athlete trusts a trainer, goes to the trainer, say, "Hey, I'm having a little difficulty with, you know." Uh, Uh, getting a little bit anxious in the big moments, or I'm not getting that edge, the trainer will say, you know, well, I know somebody that you can go see. Or an agent uh, that represents an athlete will say, you know what, I know this guy in Clearwater, uh, medical director of BayCare, and um, he's he's the guy. Or a coach that knows my work. We'll recommend it to an athlete. And basically, this is word of mouth. This is not something you advertise. This is not something you uh, uh, you know, spend a lot of time marketing. This is a very personal, very private, very confidential sort of relationship. And uh, those who are involved uh, in sports know who to go to. And, uh, the word gets around one athlete will say to another athlete, Hey, you know what? I, I, it really helped me to do this. Uh, I'm a bit different. Or another athlete will say, you know what? You're different now. What, what have you been doing? And that's how the word gets around. Hey, I want to go see that person. Um, and so, so those are the three ways, a coach, a trainer, actually four ways, an athlete themselves, a coach, a trainer, or an agent. And the reasons are either they're in distress or they want to maximize their potential. So that's how sort of they determine whether they need my services.
0: So would a normal everyday Joe like Victor Young, the daily life coach, uh, be able to benefit from your services? And are they available or are they just for the super elite athletes around the world?
1: Um, I have had my share of weekend warriors, uh, historically who have come to see me. and um I'm not gonna take a twelve uh golfer and make them a scratch golfer but I you know shave two or three strokes off their their, their score. I, I think anybody at any level of performance can increase their sophistication with how to maximize you know the use of the most powerful engine they have, which is their mind. You know, I'm known for helping athletes win the mind game. I mean, that's my trademark. And uh, it doesn't matter uh, what level you're at, if you're high school, if you're amateur, if you're professional, if you're almost world class, and you want to get, you know, be the elite person in the world. um, I can only do the polishing. I can't, Make you jump three feet higher, uh, can't can't change your physique, can't change your technique. and that's an interesting uh, thing with 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 certain athletes. certain athletes think it's all in their head, and it's really not. It's in the way they execute their skill set. And then there are other athletes who have great execution of their skill sets, but they can't get their head in the right place. And so this is why what I do is so difficult is when you get somebody, you know, let, let's say they just have terrible throwing technique and they're saying, well, you know, I, 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 can't, uh, uh, throw a pitch right or I can't, you know, throw a ball into the receiver's hands or whatever, or they're their tennis player or golfer. And a lot of times the coaches, uh, they'll allow me to talk to their coaches and say, tell me about this person's skill set. Do they really have it or is there a lot of room to improve in terms of their balance, their footwork, their agility, their coordination? And once I know that, then I can set realistic expectations. So with somebody like you, who is probably a very good athlete – but who may need to spend some time practicing more, I might suggest, you know, instead of playing golf every weekend for one or three hours, if you really want to improve, practice three times a week. No amount of mental training is going to make you better unless you go out there and put in the work. So, but I think if you put in the work, you'll get better. And then if you put in the mental work, you'll get that little edge.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So, I've I've heard you described in, in many different ways and all of them fantastic by the way. Just uh, everyone loves who you are and, and, and what you do. But one of the one of the descriptions uh, I've heard of you that I really like is you've been described as a champion builder. Describe a champion in, in your opinion. What does a champion look like, sound like, walk like, eat? <laughs> what do they do and, and What other ways do you influence young champions and young athletes in our community?
1: All right. Well, there's some research in this area. So let me walk you through some of what we know about the mind of a champion and then what I'm trying to do locally in our community. So we know that champions, they overcome adversity, but they overcome because they have what I would call they understand how to evaluate a threat. They understand. They, they're they very aware. And that awareness and what, what is termed, uh, this fancy word called metacognition and challenge appraisal. That's the fancy words that are used. It's like, uh, do you understand what's in front of you? And understanding what's in front of you is really based on how confident are you? How much do you believe in yourself? Have you had success in the past? Are you a positive person are you motivated are you dri- driven um and very importantly who's got your back and champions always have people who have got their back Absolutely. so you really need you need to feel like you're supported you need to feel that you can do it hmm. you need to have a positive personality and you need to be aware of the challenges and and what we're what I'm trying to do in our community is teach what I would call, you know, you've heard the term uh, better people, better athletes. Yes. And uh, there's going to be a real focus on saying how do we build what I would call positive character? Because mm. to excel in sports, you really should excel in life. Yes. And if you excel in life, your chances of excelling in sport are much greater. You take any athlete, if things are not going well in their life, they're not going to be able to perform. So building those life skills of what I would call, you know, putting in your best effort, having a learning mindset, dealing with mistakes in a way of making mistakes and opportunity for learning. I have not met a world-class athlete today that doesn't think they need to get better. It always concerns me when i meet sort of an amateur athlete they say you know what i'm so awesome i if i could just work on my head i'd be the best and then i hear somebody who's you know top of their game say i've got a lot to learn i've got a lot to learn i got a lot to improve i got to work on my game i got to work on getting better so those those champions are always looking forward Always looking to get better, and uh, that's what I've seen. Uh, I have seen that, and when bad things happens or adversity happens, they say, "Okay, that it happened. Uh, what did I do wrong? How can I learn from this? What's the next step?" And if you if people are coached to think like that, and some people do it naturally. Uh, I will tell you, I've run across people that this just comes natural to them. Other people. You really have to to coach them and you have to coach coaches on how to work with athletes and you have to coach parents because we, we live in a time where we expect perfection in the nine-year-old. We expect perfection in the 12-year-old because we're watching TV and we say, Oh, that's how it's supposed to be done. And then you look at the, the, the students and you're like, shouldn't they be able to do this? And said, no, they have to get to be 25 or 26 before they're able to do this. So, the emphasis really should be the mind of a champion is one who's always learning and always putting the effort and who's always learning from their mistakes. So that, that's that's what I think a champion mindset.
0: That's a great description. And uh, you shared a lot with us this morning today. And are there any parting words or anything I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share with us?
1: There, there's a word that uh, I don't know if uh, people have used this word, but I, I think to be great at anything, whether you're a doc or a leader or in anything you do, you know, here I am, uh, I'm medical director of behavioral health for the Bay Care health system, and you have to have what I would call courageous persistence. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that in, you know, in my kids and my wife. It's, it's how. How do you get through life? How do you succeed? It's courageous persistence. Don't let anything let you down. Don't let anything stand in your way. Maintain your courage and persist on. To me, that's the key to success.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, this has been eye-opening. It's been refreshing. I, I, I feel like I'm ready to go and conquer the world today just, just hearing <laughs> you talk again. So I personally thank you as well as... uh all my listeners around the globe. And, and so we we hope to have you back one day in the future. So hopefully we can hear more about what you do and how you're influencing not only the athletes in, in this country and around the world, but also just building leaders and champions and, and good human beings, which is uh, very needed in the times that we're in today. So uh, again, thanks, Dr. Duan and Wow, you're, you're an amazing guy. And again, I've, I've watched you over the years and, and I've always been a big fan of yours. And
1: It's been a pleasure, Victor. You know, we psychiatrists don't get to talk much. We spend most of our days listening. So it's been a pleasure to chat with you today.
0: <laughs> well, I'll listen to you any day, Doc. Have a great day. All right, thank you. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about being a difference maker and expanding my champion mindset. I already have about 20 athletes, entrepreneurs, and students that I'm going to share this interview with. So let's all do this. I want everyone to share this podcast with someone you know that you would like to see become a champion. And one last thing. Let's all use hashtag champion mindset to show thanks to Dr. Dewan for sharing his valuable message. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode, The Making of a Champion with Dr. Nick DeWan. Make sure you also share the thedailylifecoach.com with everyone you know who is looking to excel. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Victor Young, or the Daily Life Coach on Tumblr, Facebook, and online. And remember, live fearless, my friends.